Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Shy Sports Combo. We are your host, Edgar Romero, alongside Martin Barraza. And today's episode, we will just be covering the Bulls as free agency started, and as well as the Chicago Cubs and White Sox games from last week. Martin, how was your 4th of July weekend? I know me and you went to a Cubs game on Sunday, but... How was your first yesterday? Um, it was it was good because my friend, I got to see you. We got to hang out to a Red Sox game. Uh, yes, sad by the news. We live in Illinois, so it hit us hard. Our condolences go out to all the families that were affected in the Highland Park shootings. And okay. again, we provide entertainment for you guys. We're not like a political or we're not a political podcast. We just strictly talk about sports and only sports of Chicago. But uh, our condolences go out to those families, and hopefully, our government do things to make things better because this country has a gun problem. And hopefully, there's things need to be done so these tragedies will stop happening. Yes, yes our condolences goes out to all the rest of the families. I know it was on six death and uh, a dozen injured. It's bullshit, yeah. man. It's like you can't, you cannot, you cannot go out there and celebrate the fourth, especially in a parade, and then this stupidity shit happens. And I know you—that's what you were calling it. Like it's going on with all these teenagers, young age, which is eighteen-year-old, unfortunately. Yeah, they gotta figure out something with this gun control, man. It's like. And besides Illinois, I know there were still there a couple of states that ever had shootings as well. Yeah, and Philadelphia and other places. It's just, um, yeah, I know we have the Second Amendment in this country, but things are changing. Ideas are changing. Things are not like how they were. Um, we need to, we need to have stricter policies on who can who can and cannot get guns um, and that's something the government has to fix because we we have a big problem in this country and the politicians first and foremost jobs that's why we vote and that's why we and it, it includes both parties or whatever party I don't really care their yes, first job their first job is to act in the best interest of the citizens and in reality there's a lot of people that are dying because of the easy access in this country to guns anybody can get guns and now we need it doesn't matter where you are left or right it doesn't matter i think we can all agree that we want to feel safe wherever we go and whatever we do and the politicians need to come together and they need to fix these things because it's we're the greatest country in the world, but this is the only country that has this easy access to to that type of Liam Hendricks of the White Sox put it perfectly in his post game press conference yesterday. He stated that the type of weaponry that this country gives access to these citizens and to anybody is unbelievable, and this is why these things are happening. You're, you're certainly right, man, because I'm like, he 
he's 18 years old and he pretty much purchased the damn gun. They gave it to him. And pretty much he's that same gun where he purchases and that's it. That's how they, they were able to find him and locate him and where he was at. Well, yeah, the kid was 20. Well, he's a he's a man now. He's 22. Um, oh, yeah, he's 22. He, yeah. He looked at his social media. He looked at his social media. He had a lot of tendencies that would raise red flags. But, you know, he was able to go purchase the gun legally. Legally. So that, that tells me that this country does not have enough background check. The background check isn't solid enough. Or the content of the background check is not good enough. Because if, like I said, if there was a, a solid background check uh, with the content now that after it happened and the person got the information of this person got posted and now everybody's looking through his social media, there's a big red flags posted everywhere of the content that this person posted. So, yeah, I mean, lo- I mean, yeah. Not to continue, not going to continue on the subject anymore. But yeah, we we yeah. we just need to get better. Things need to get done. The politicians need to do more to keep us safe and keep these guns off the streets. Well, let's move on to our sports. Let's start out with the Chicago Bulls. Uh, the Chicago Bulls were able to resign Sacramento to a five-year max contract worth $215.2 million. They also were able to resign Derrick Jones Jr. for a two-year $6.6 million deal. And they ended up signing center Andre Drummond for two years, $6.6 million, and signed guard Goran Dragic for a one-year, $2.9 million. What were your thoughts on these moves? And obviously, we figured that Zach Levine was going to resign with the Bulls. Well, Zach Levine, here's the thing. Zach Levine made it very clear that he was in a test-free agency waters and... Once he said that, a lot of the Bulls fans were kind of speculating, and it was a nice subject for sports talk radio for a couple weeks. But in reality, this is the best place for Zach Levine to be because, yes, even even though DeMar DeRozan had a great season last year and a lot of the focus was on him and you have Stacey Keen calling him the Marvelous, and even I called him the Marvelous, because I think that was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, Zach Levine was injured, played well, then he got hurt. So a lot of the focus was on DeMar DeRozan. And uh, Lonzo Ball's dad, LeVar, even went on a podcast and he stated that maybe Zach Levine was leaving because he was annoyed that DeMar DeRozan was getting all the, you know, all the publicity and everything, but the, the Mar DeRozan had to because Zach Levine was hurt. But it made sense for Zach Levine to come back, and also he was going to leave fifty million dollars on the table to sign with somebody else. So it would have been a big failure for the Bulls not to have signed Zach Levine because a big part of your future is gone, and there's nobody to replace him. 
you have to replace that offense. And But it was good that the Bulls signed Zach Levine. He came back. Now you have him for the future. And now you can continue to work on, on what you were working on. Yeah, DeAndre, DeAndre Drummond signing was eh. I, he's a better scorer and a better rebounder than Tristan Thompson. I don't know about a shot blocker because Andre Drummond was never a shot blocker in his career. When he was good in Detroit, Andre Drummond was a guy that averaged a lot. He played the power four position slash center, but he, he scored a lot of points, a lot of rebounds, but he wasn't known for his seller defense or seller rim protection. So, I know the Bulls try to resign Mobamba, try to sign Mobamba from the Orlando Magic, and Mobamba made it made it clear that he wanted to come to the Bulls. But the Orlando Magic signed him to I think three years, twenty one million, and I don't think the Bulls were able to sign him for that much. But I think he would have been a better fit because he's a young player. He's actually a rim protector, and he's got a future. I would have been more excited the Bulls would have signed Mobamba, but I mean Andre Drummond is. An upgrade over Tristan Thompson and Goran Dragic. They signed him for the veterans minimum. I think he's about 34, 36 years old. He'll be a backup point guard. Okay. So he's a backup point guard. Not very good defensively, but he's good offensively. And if you have Lonzo Ball out, I mean, he can direct an offense, get to the mid-range, shoot. He's not a good defender. But, I mean, they're okay moves. They're okay moves. They're bringing everybody back. And, I mean, we'll see what they do. So now by signing Dragic, do you worry about Lonzo's Ball's knee? Well, that's the thing. Nobody knows how Lonzo Ball's knee is is feeling. Uh, in that same podcast that Le- uh, LeVar Ball went on with David Kaplan, uh, he stated that Lonzo was going to go back was going to go back to LeVar and they were going to get him right and get his knee right. They were going to treat him a different way. And I hope Lonzo Ball is back healthy. But what Goran Dragic does, it allows Caruso to go to like the wings. And because if you, in this league, it's becoming more apparent that you need a lot of wings to win. Yeah. You three and D guys, you need wings. And Basically, what you have in, in Alex Caruso, you sacrifice offensively because Alex Caruso is not very good offensively. And Goran Dragic is kind of the opposite. They're kind of they're opposite players. Caruso, uh, Caruso is big, uh, a big defender. And Goran Dragic is an offensive player. And if Lonzo Ball still needs a, a, month, a month or maybe a couple weeks into the season you have Goran Dragic to lead the offense. So, it's okay. Now, with his signing, I do think that Kobe White's days are numbered and they're going to try to move him. Yeah. So, with this offense, you think Patrick Williams stays in the, in the starting lineup, right? He has to stay in the starting lineup now. He's a big key to their future. Yes. Uh, Patrick Williams. They didn't make any moves, or they didn't make they didn't trade Vooch for somebody. 
essentially the guy that can take this team to the next level is the development of Patrick Williams. And Patrick Williams develops. And on, and in the NBA, it takes him a couple of years. Like Jimmy Butler, it, it took him time to develop. Kawhi Leonard, it took him time to develop. Very rarely do you see players right away go out there and be and and produce right away. Patrick Williams, they took him because of the potential that they saw. Patrick Williams wasn't lighting up the league in college. He wasn't like a LeBron or he wasn't a Trey Young or a Luka Doncic yeah. or you saw in college like he can score. And, he was a solid player. He was a solid player and he was basically on potential. His length, his ability, his flashes, it's all on potential and it's going to take him some time, but if he takes if he takes the next step next season, this team is very good very quickly and could make Vooch expendable. So say everybody's healthy, right? Season starts. So your starting five would be Lonzo Ball, Zach Levine as your shooting guard, Lonzo as your point guard, your small forward DeRozan. Who's your power forward? Patrick Williams. Yeah. And then your center would be Vucevic, right? Yeah. Yeah. Ideally, going into last season, I think that's the lineup that they wanted to go with. But then you, but then Patrick Williams broke his hand. But that's a that's a solid lineup, and I do. Even though a lot of Vucevic has been under media scrutiny, especially after the playoff series, but he fits to what this team needs. This team, unfortunately, this team doesn't shoot a lot of threes. So guess what? They drive to the rim a lot. They need yep. the lane open. They need the lane open. And and I know and and Levine, I I don't know if he'll be dunking or going to the rim as much because of his knee history, but yeah, he unclogs the lane for you. If you bring in another center who doesn't have the same pick and pop uh, stuff that Vucevic has, it clogs up the lane. And this team is not a three-point shooting team. This team still needs shooters. They what they did is they kind of address some needs but this team still doesn't have shooting they did not acquire a shooter a shooter so far had a shooting plagued them in the playoffs against milwaukee have they acquired any shooting this free agency that you've seen no what about that draft that what about that kid that they drafted terry well delon terry is also another guy that's prospect he's a raw prospect that they can hope that he can develop he's another guy who's six foot seven who can shoot solid from three who, who shoots solid from three but he's another prospect that will take some time to develop yeah but they're hoping that he becomes a shooter right yeah they're hoping that he can be that th- three and d guy on the wing and yeah. i honestly think with his size they hope he can be the small forward. I don't know how long the the Rosen's contract is, but Terry, if he develops, Terry can be that three, that small forward, and you can have even a bigger lineup. And then Levine will be the shooting guard. Yep. 
So, what about these? How surprised were you when Kevin Durant asked for a trade from the Nets and Irvin opted in? Another speculation that Irvin wants to trade too. Well, I thought my first when when Kyrie Irving opted in, I think that my first thought was like, okay, they're gonna run it back one more time. Everybody was hurt. James Harden, the trade kind of threw everything convoluted. We'll see how Ben Simmons is, but they're gonna try it one more time, and then Kyrie Irving's gonna walk probably to the Lakers. Because Kyrie Irving now all of a sudden woke up and he's like, you know what? I was kind of bad with LeBron. I had it pretty good with LeBron. I want to go play again with LeBron. So he's made it clear that he wants to go to the to the Lakers. Uh, I don't like the trade request for Kevin Durant because Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant. If I was Kevin Durant, I would stay with the with. With Brooklyn Nets, but I would ask Brooklyn. But that's the thing. Him and him and Kyrie are boys. Trade Kyrie. Get him out of here. And get me another star. And give me another star to, to work with. Because at the end of the day, it hurts it hurts uh, Kevin Durant's legacy. Because a lot of people a lot of people bash LeBron, right? For going yeah. to Miami Heat and stuff like that, right? LeBron has never asked for a trade in his career. LeBron's never asked for a trade at all. All of these superstars now are asking for trades whenever they don't feel like something's going right. I think the problem for Kevin Durant is that Kevin Durant bet on the wrong guy. He bet on his buddy Kyrie Irving and his his vi- Kyrie Irving doesn't really care about basketball as much as Kevin Durant does. He cares about Kyrie Irving and what does he want? And Kyrie Irving only wants to play half the time and it ruined that Brooklyn franchise. So I was I'm very surprised. Do I think that Brooklyn will get a good deal for Kevin Durant? I don't know. But that trade, that trade for Rudy Gobert that Minnesota did on absurd. I think it was a <laughs> move by the Minnesota Timberwolves. We have four first four first round picks. Yep. Your first round pick that you just that you just drafted, I think a couple weeks ago. So that's five first round picks. And then you got Malik Beasley who's a solid shooter, Patrick Beverly and eh. um and Jared Vanderbilt was another solid young player. If Rudy Gobert got that package, imagine what Kevin Durant does get will get. Brooklyn wants more than that. There are really no teams that can trade for him. There's only one team that I keep hearing around that can trade for Kevin Durant, and that's the Toronto Raptors. And I don't know if the Raptors will want to mortgage their future. And that's how volatile the NBA is now because if I'm the owner, right, and you are my best player, right, if you're a superstar player, if something, if you wake up on the wrong side of the bed today and you you could just not, you could just feel like not playing or not wanting to play for me anymore and you just want to request a trade, 
it is so different in the NBA. Superstars rule everything. And it's and it's hard. I don't think and Brooklyn is gonna hold on to Kevin Durant until they get an adequate package. Now, they're trying to also trade Kyrie. No team wants him other than the Lakers. And in order for Kyrie Irving to come to get traded for the Lakers, the Brooklyn Nets have to take on Russell Westbrook. So basically, no, uh, your problem for my... I want to see that reunion, Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant, dude. Yeah, I mean, how do you think they'll work, though? So Russell Westbrook <laughs> did not have a good year last year. I know, he, he didn't fit. He didn't fit with LeBron and, and Anthony Davis. And here's another kicker for Kevin Durant. He wants to get traded to a team that has multiple superstars in that team. So yeah, maybe that could be the Suns with um, Paul and Booker. That could be the Warriors with Clay and Thompson. That could be oh, the Bulls. That would, be terrible. That would kill the legacy if they trade. If they, if he approves a trade for to go to Golden State, that I think that would kill his legacy in the eyes yeah. of, in the eyes of the fans and the eyes of NBA players. Yeah, that's that's what he said. I'm like, he doesn't want to go to another team that only has one superstar. No, he rather wants to go to a team that has. Multiple stars, like you know, like like the Bulls, you got Zach Levine and Rosen, you know, that's the, the two main stars from the Chicago Bulls right now. So, like that. Yeah. But I would just, but if I was him, I would just stay with Brooklyn. I would stay with Brooklyn. That owner will do everything for him. If mm-hmm. I'm him, Utah is, is trading everybody, right? So, if I'm yeah. him, I'm like, you know what? I'm stay with you, but you need to go get me Donovan Mitchell. Trade whatever you can and give, give me Donovan Mitchell, Donovan Mitchell and sign on DeAndre Ayton. Yeah, I don't know how their cap situation, but if if Ben Simmons comes back healthy, right? Him, yeah. Donovan Mitchell, and Ben Simmons, you don't think that's a good team to compete? That's a good enough team to compete? Not if Ben Simmons doesn't want to shoot. Well, Simmons has to get his act together, too. He's got to play. He's got to play. I don't know. I don't know what NBA player. It's like in your job description, you have to shoot. It's like me, right? <laughs> if I'm a firefighter and I don't want to go fight fires, like that's the damn job. Like, hell no, I'm gonna be a firefighter, but I don't like fire. Yeah, like what? What's the, he needs to? He needs to get over it. Like I get it, mental. But you already had a damn season about these mental issues and injuries, right? He's got to be ready to go next season. Like, yeah, this is, gonna, this is gonna be interesting. I mean, this this whole situation with the Nets and KD and Kyrie Irving, man, it's like, damn. Yeah, That's but Kyrie the- Irving destroyed that team. Kyrie Irving is the reason why this team, this team is the way it is. He destroyed that team with his selfishness. Yep. But Kevin right. Durant does not get a pass for me either. Like, you can't nah. be running all the time, especially after you've been bitching about how the Golden Petty, the Golden State Warriors are. And now he's been, like you mentioned, he's been to talk to the Warriors. Seriously, bro, you've been bitching about how you've seen how petty they are. And so, 
supposedly how competitive you are. So let me get this straight. Kevin Durant only wants to go against LeBron James, right? So you got the Golden State Warriors literally, especially Steph Curry, talking shit and making shimming and shaking with this championship in your face, kind of discrediting it, right? And instead of like, you know what? I'm going to show you guys I can win a championship by myself too. No, you're going to go back to them. I'm sorry, guys. Can you guys take me back? Yeah, and then Draymond's going to call him a bitch again. And then he's going to want to leave. <laughs> oh, my God. This is so dumb. This is so dumb, too. Like, that's this is why... the NBA drama, bro. Like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah, like, it's, I get it. It's Kyrie's fault. But, like, bro, really? You're going to... You're going to try to go back to the team that you were bitching about and you've seen how petty they were? Like, yeah, I don't know. But his legacy will take a hit if he goes to Golden State. Nobody's going to see him the same. Well, we'll see what happens with all the situations like trade talks from the Nets and see where KD ends up going, if he goes or stays, and if Kyrie goes or stays as well. But that'll be it for our basketball bulls situation. Let's move on to our baseball teams. Let's start off with the Chicago Cubs. As they faced off against the Reds in a three-game series starting on Tuesday. As Tuesday, they lost to the Reds 5-3. Winning pitcher was Castillo. He went six innings, giving up five hits, no earned runs, three walks, and 11 strikeouts. The losing pitcher was Thompson as he went 6.1 innings, giving up five hits for earned runs and eight strikeouts, and the save went to Strickland. In that game, Morel went one for five with an RBI, Ortega one for three with an RBI, and Contreras went two for four with an RBI. On Wednesday, the Cubs ended up beating the Reds eight to three. The winning pitcher was Steele as he goes five innings, giving up six hits, one and run. Uh, three walks with six strikeouts, and the losing pitcher was Green as he goes four innings, giving up two hits, three earned runs. In this game, Contreras went three for four and gets two RBIs. Horner goes one for three with two RBIs. Morrell goes two for four with two RBIs. And Happ and Ortega have an RBI each in this game as well. And for Thursday, the Cubs smack the crap out of the Reds as they beat on 15 to 7. The winning pitcher was Hendricks. He goes six innings, giving up six hits, two in runs, seven strikeouts. The losing pitcher was Ashcraft as he goes 2.1 innings, giving up seven hits, seven in runs, two and two walks. Ortega, Crook, Gomes had an RBI each. Velasquez wins one for two with an RBI. Higgins wins three for five with two RBIs. Wisdom had a good game. He went three for six with six RBIs. He hit two home runs, a grand slam, and a, and a solo home run. And Morel had a phenomenal game. He went five for five with two RBIs. What were your thoughts in that series with the Reds? So I'm happy the the Cubs were able to win the series against the Reds. Um, usually the Cubs are not doing good against the bad teams like Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. I mean. The Cubs have better better talent. I mean, the Cubs are not a playoff team, but this is a t- this is your these are the teams that they should beat. 
um, and they're struggling with them. And but I am happy they won this series and set a good foot going forward. Yeah, you know, Tuesday against Castillo, obviously Castillo's a better pitcher, but they lasted with them. You know, they lost by two runs, but it's still a close game for them. And Wednesday they won by five runs, and then Thursday they won by by eight runs. So they pretty much smacked them. So they did their thing. Yeah, they were good offensively this series. Yep. So now let's move on to the. Friday's game against the Red Sox, the Red Hot Red Sox, as they had a phenomenal June, because they were struggling the first two months, and then June came around and they bounced back, and they came back to being the second place in the East, the AL East, behind the Yankees, the mighty Yankees, as you could say, and they're looking to be part of that wild card, AL wild card team, as like we were talking on previous podcast. The East looks like they're going to be taking over that AO wild card. Ain't, ain't nobody going to be taking them over anytime soon. You kind of agree with that? Yeah. they That whole division is talented. Even the Orioles are talented. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a tough division, but yeah, they're going to... Probably both of the spots are going to go... Well, there's three wild card spots now, right? Wild card spots, so there's gonna be four AL East teams and yeah, yeah. I agree with you there. I'm pretty sure all of them will come from them. Yep. So let's start with Friday's game. As the Cubs, they come back from being down five to nothing, and they beat the Red Sox six to five. As the winning pitcher was huge, but. The starting pitcher was Samson as he goes five inning, five point one in his pitch. Gets up eight hits, four earned runs, a walk, and four strikeouts. The losing pitcher was uh, Robles, but he'll started this um, started this game and he goes four point two innings, giving up three hits, three earned runs, and while Robles gives up goes point two, giving up three earned runs, and takes the loss for the Red Sox. And the save goes to Robertson. And in this game, Morel goes one for five with three RBIs. Ortega has a walk with an RBI. Velasquez goes one for four with an RBI. Saturday's game. The Cubs beat the Red Sox three to one. As Alec Mills started this game, he only was able to throw seven pitches, get one out, and his back. And back him, so they got to take him out. And Mr. Mark Leiter Jr. took over, and he did a phenomenal job as he wins the game for the Cubs. And he goes 5.1 innings pitch, giving up three hits, one and run with five strikeouts. And the losing pitcher was Winkowski as he goes six innings, giving up one earned run, six strikeouts. And the save goes to Robertson. Wisdom, and this game goes two for four with an RBI. Crook goes has an RBI, and the Cubs beat them three to one. On Sunday, this is the game that me and Martin win, and this is pretty much a close game. Yep, long game, super long game, long game. I'm like the Cubs got the first run as the Cubs was four to two in the eleventh. 
the winning pitcher was Eichmann. The losing pitcher was Wick, as I called it before even that happening. Uh, yeah, I know. You you yelled as soon as you saw him warming up in the pen <laughs> that they were going to close the game. Yep, I already said it loud. We're definitely going to lose now. And then, yeah, Thompson started this game. And, well, he only went up four innings, giving up seven hits, two in runs, and three strikeouts. But in this game, uh, Contreras goes one for four with an RBI, and then Wisdom, after he was dusted in the plate in the eighth, he comes back and hits a monster home run to tie the game at two. And yeah. there we go. Extra innings and extra innings. Wick look Ryan Wick looked good, but then back to back uh infield errors or infield hits and then he had the error of trying to get another infield hit and throw it to first base and pretty much threw a wild one and that's how the rest of got those two extra runs, and that's it. That's how the Cubs lose that game. Sunday's game, four to two. So, how would you? How did you thought about that Red Sox series? Were you surprised that the Cubs were able to slow down the offense of the Red Sox? Yeah, I was uh, because the Red Sox came in and they're a very good team, um, and. And I was very impressed on, on the Cubs pitching. Alec Mills went out, unfortunately, again. Mark Leiter Jr., who hasn't been pitching well, made the most of his opportunity, played well. David Ross gave him praise. Now, that pitcher on Saturday, Waskowski, for the, for the Red Sox, he said something which annoyed me, but he said that Wrigley Field did not have any personality like Fenway. And that rubbed me the wrong way because, dude, you ain't nobody yet and you're already saying something. But David Ross actually responded to him. And actually, David Ross is the most qualified to respond to him because you know what? He played for David Ross. Yeah, David Ross won a world championship with the Boston Red Sox. And he said that Wrigley does. He said he doesn't know what he's been exposed to but Wrigley does have its own personality and Wrigley does have its own personality um very proud of the team uh Keegan Thompson kind of labored a little bit um which is tough he fought through um he had a lot of double plays Lots of double plays. Um, I was very impressed with Wisdom. I think it was one of the most badass things that I've seen. Matt Strom basically pitched, pitched, dusted him off and pitched him a, a pitch yep. right in his face. And instead of getting pissed off, I don't know if it was the next pitch or the pitch after. No, it was Wrigley the next pitch. Wrigley erupted. Yeah, Wrigley erupted as he crushed one to left center field. And usually Patrick Wisdom doesn't admire his home runs, but this one, we've seen that on the replay on the Titantron, he admired that home run and stared directly to Strom, which is exactly what you do. I was very yeah. impressed and very happy. Um, the bullpen, the hitting wasn't there in this game, unfortunately. No. The Cubs could take, uh, take advantage of the opportunities. Chris Morrell, he was okay. Wasn't very impressed. PJ Higgins, I don't know why he's in the lineup. I don't know why he's in the lineup, but 
since you know the what? Cubs to deploy Wilson Contreras as a DH, they kind of need that other catcher. Yes. I'm not happy with PJ Higgins. Yeah, he is. He has a nice batting average, but he doesn't do it for me in turn offensively. Um. Yeah, Morel didn't I'm do as much. But on the game. plate. And yeah, the game on Sunday. But hey, I mean, they won the series. Yeah, you predicted that Wick that Wick was going to cost the game. We had some Red Sox fans sitting right, right across the aisle from us. And you, as soon as you saw him warming up, you know, the score was tied, and you're like, "Oh, you guys won the game." And they were looking at us all like, really? Yeah, one of, them, one of them was laughing like, are you for real? Like, yeah, we, you guys are going to win this game. Uh, yeah, and <laughs> unfortunately, there was a ground ball hit up the middle. It was going to be a bang-bang play because the runner got off to a good start. Rowan Wick threw. Yeah. And Rowan Wick did not throw it in a place where David Bodie can catch it. He threw it right inside of the, right inside of the first base runner. And unfortunately... That's what cost the Cubs the game. What I was annoyed at is that the last batter, I think there were runners on base, and you know what David Ross did? David Ross put in Narciso Crook. Yeah. <laughs> Narciso Crook looked like that sucked to the air right out of the stadium. I'm like, well, we're done. And that's how it was. I was very yeah. disappointed. The Cubs won another series which is great against Boston. And yeah, we'll move on to the Brewers. Uh, solid, solid week for the Chicago Cubs. I was going to say about Morel, yeah, he didn't do good on Sunday, but one thing that I did like was he has a good eye on the plate, man. And he takes his yeah. walk. So. He falls behind. He swings that. He swings very early in the plate on the count. Yeah. And you pointed that out during the game. Yeah. He'll be down 0-2, I think, in two instant in two of his at bats, he was already down 0-2. And he fought his way all the way to a full count. So yeah. that is encouraging to see. He just needs to be he needs to have better pitch selection when in the early parts of the count. Okay, so now you want to hear something interesting. I know I'll I'll text you this last week. But Cup fans, I know you guys didn't like the fact that the organization traded Rizzo, Baez, and Brian and everything. But Bryant from last year in May 25th to right now compare his numbers to what has to what Patrick Wisdom has done in the past year and in a month Wisdom has hit already what like 48 home runs and already has like 102 103 RBIs that's already a hundred and 170 close to 180 games are you surprised by those numbers by Patrick Wisdom at third base compared to Chris Bryant I am surprised that Patrick Wisdom has been able to sustain those numbers because, and I get it, let's be realistic here. Patrick Wisdom is, he's batting two in the 230s. 
but yeah. he'll get you home runs and he gets you RBIs. He's basically either he gets you a bomb or he strikes out pretty much. Mm-hmm. The problem the problem with Chris Bryant is that Chris Bryant has not been healthy. And when he has been healthy, he hasn't been able to do anything. Um, I think the Cubs are good in trading him. I think the Cubs are good in not re-signing him. I think now it's turning more into the players thought that they were worth something. And in reality, they weren't worth that. Um, I think now the fan base is starting to come around the fact that it was actually good to trade these players. Yeah. Um, now, how long would the rebuild take? That's 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 the question. But I don't think that not, the fan base in the beginning, I think last year, was very annoyed about the situation, especially with Chris Bryant, because remember Chris Bryant last year was an all-star. Yeah. But look at what he's done from San Francisco on since the time he got to San Francisco. And it's funny because remember that the first game that they all got traded when they played, they all hit home runs. Yeah. And it kind of fooled the fans. But again, now we have a full season. The Cubs did the right choice. The Cubs did the right choice, even though Anthony Rizzo is having a solid season. Javi Baez has not stayed healthy and he's still swinging at everything. Patrick Wisdom, I think, is a better version of Javi Baez because I think they're kind of the same player, but Patrick Wisdom is playing better. Yeah. Um, and Chris Bryant is not playing well, and he got paid a lot of money by the Colorado Rockets. So, yeah, I mean, those are good stats, and that should show the fans that, hey, this front office was actually right in trading these players because imagine if we had all of these players in those high contracts, nobody would want them. We would have like yeah. about five Jason Haywards. <laughs> yep. We'd be talking about all these bad contracts. Like, why the hell did we keep Ryan and Byers and everybody? But, since yesterday was the 4th of July, the Cubs had a, another good game against the Brewers, even though they lost Monday as they lost in the 10th. 5-2. The winning pitcher was Wilpen Boxberger. The starting pitcher was Lauer. He goes six innings, giving up two hits, one earned run, and nine strikeouts. The losing pitcher was your boy Efros. <laughs> and the starter for that was Justin Steele. He had a good game as he goes 6.2 innings, giving up two hits, one earned run, nine strikeouts. And then the winning game was Caratini hitting, going one for five, hitting that three-run home run to win the game for the Brewers. But Morel, and this game goes all for two, but he had three walks in this game. The returning of Seiya Suzuki, he goes two for four, as he has a, hits an inside the park home run against Josh Hader. Did you see the highlights in that one? That was that was actually a badass thing to watch, man. As he was speeding up around. To tie this, to take the lead yep. to the one. And then also, as well, in this game, Velasquez finally hits his first home run as he goes one for two as well. But the Cubs couldn't manage to 
keep that score one to two as Robertson was brought in, but was walking people left and right and ended up walking the tying run and ended up going to extra innings. And Efros pretty much gave it up three run home runs to the former Victor Caratini, former Cub. And that's how the Cubs lose yesterday's game. But the rest of the week, they're currently playing right now. At, at Miller Park at Brewer Stadium at the Brewers and they're field. Yep. <laughs> I think they're losing two to one. So it's another isn't this another close game? I know Kyle yeah. Hendricks is supposed to start today's game, so Yeah, he's on the bump today. As long as he's against... Yeah, as long as it's a low scoring game, it's all good. That's all that matters. And then from there they got one more game tomorrow with the Brewers, and then they travel to LA to face the LA Dodgers on the four-game series starting Thursday all the way to Sunday. Uh-oh. That's gonna be interesting to see. Uh-oh. <laughs> they yep. got their ass kicked the last time they yep. faced the Dodgers. So if they could manage to win at least one game or take a split, they'll be happy because fuck. The Dodgers have a stacked lineup and whatever, so. Well, we'll their start. lineup is hurt. I think right now what makes them scary is the rotation right now. The rotation yeah. is very, very good. Yep. But that's it for the Cubs. And so far right now, currently the top five ranking players on the Cubs team that are trade candidates, the number one top is Hendricks. Number two, Wilson Contreras. Number three, um, David Robinson. Number four, Ian Happ. And number five is Chris Martin and Michael Gibbons. Yeah, I would flip Wilson and Hendricks. I think Wilson right now is the number one trade. No, but um, they just, they, Hendricks just took over right now because they're, they're saying that a lot of start, a lot of, teams are are looking for starting rotations and it says he's been looking good the past three four starts yeah he he is an interesting candidate because he he is kind he kind of has like that chris sale contract where it's his contract is small and manageable yeah. for teams especially big market teams with big payrolls yep um he has experience I don't think he's a one. Probably no, not a but, two, but he's a three in a contending team. Yeah, he's a three or four. Yeah, four. He'll, he's, he'll he's start. Gonna, he's gonna be your four. Yeah, he's gonna be has to be your four. Yeah, and he's an innings eater. He has he for the most part he's been healthy this season. Yeah. So. Yeah, and, and we'll see what the the Cubs will want a premium for him because of his contract. His contract, yeah, he got. I think what two more years left, or one more year. Yeah, so. and the way he and the way he pitches, he will still pitch. He still pitch yeah. for a while because yeah, you can still he's pitch a, for Yeah, he's a pitcher. He's not a thrower. So, so we'll see. We'll see if uh, if he does get traded. It's it's will be. He's he's the longest tenured Cub, I think, in the team. Yes. He was yeah, there when the rebuild started, I think. Or... 2013, I believe he got traded and then got called up in 2014. 
yeah so it'll be bittersweet but if it makes the cubs better hey let's go for it yep and then yeah we got let's so let's move on to the south side it's oh, went on the road to california they started off the series at anaheim on monday and they lose that game four to three and the winning pitcher was Syndergaard. he goes seven innings giving up six hits three earned runs and seven strikeouts and the losing pitcher was giolito and lopez actually lopez was took the loss giolito was the one that started Julito went six innings giving up six hits two earned runs and six strikeouts and Lopez giving up the two earned runs taking the loss in that game as Andrew Vaughn goes one for four with an RBI Jose Abreu goes one for four with an RBI and Harrison goes one for three with an RBI moving on to Tuesday's game and the White Sox beat the Angels 11 to four as Johnny Cueto goes wins the game and goes six innings giving up seven hits Three earned runs and five strikeouts, and the losing pitcher was still set. He goes 4.1 innings, giving up five hits, three earned runs, and six strikeouts. Robert goes three for five with two RBIs. Abreu goes three for five with two RBIs, and Moncada goes two for five with two RBIs in this game. Savala goes two for five with two RBIs as well, and Harrison goes two for four with three RBIs. And moving on to Wednesday's game, the finale of this game, uh, the White Sox lose four to one. As the winning pitcher was Otani, as he goes five point two innings, giving up five hits, no earned runs, and eleven strikeouts. And the losing pitcher is Kopech, as he goes five point one innings, giving up five hits, three earned runs, and six strikeouts. And the save goes to Iglesias. What you thought about the series against the Anaheim Angels? Um, the hitting wasn't there. I think they pitched well enough to win. Yeah. Um, I think Giolito, we bashed him. I think at the last pod about him. Well, not... he, the previous the previous month he had like four, but like in, yeah. in this Angels game, in, in the, this Angels game, he looked like he was looking like he was looking back at his form already. So yeah. He it's, looked, it's, it's, very encouraging it was very encouraging and i was very i was happy that he bounced back because he did not look good in the last two or three starts he was getting shellacked um the offense didn't show up again um i mean syndergaard was pretty good i mean and that's the thing so far they can't put quite put it together because kopech i think pitched good uh Otani was better. The offense got shut down, and it, it's just one thing or the other. Either they can't hit or they can't pitch. Um, yeah. And they had the opportunity for me to win two out of three. Uh, yeah. They're at the point. They're at the point because we're at the midway point officially of the season. Even though the All Star game is in a couple weeks, where they need to start looking. They need to start winning series. It's very important if they're going to. And especially in the standings, um, because they're not winning the wild card. We've stated that the AL East is going to win it. Yep. And it's and they they need to win series. And 
it, it's bittersweet because that's a series where they could have won it based off how good their pitching was. Yes. But moving on to Friday's game, they have another big game series, and lucky for the White Sox, they were able to do something good. They were able to sweep the San Francisco Giants. That is good. As for, yep. As for Friday, it was a close game between both sides. It was pretty much end up being win by the bullpen as both the starting pitchers. Len went six innings, giving up only three hits, no earned runs with five strikeouts, and Alex Cobb going five innings, giving up three hits, three strikeouts. But the winning pitcher was Banks for the White Sox, and the losing pitcher was Low as he gives up the, the lone RBI to Garcia as he goes two for four in that game, and the White Sox win one and nothing on Friday. And the save goes to Graveman. Now moving on to Saturday's game, and the White Sox they beat the Giants again five to three, as the winning pitcher was Cease as he goes five innings giving up four hits, one and one, three walks and four strikeouts, and the losing pitcher was Logan Webb as he goes six innings giving up six hits, three earned runs, and five strikeouts, and the save goes against again to Graveman. Um, Gavin Sheets goes two for three with two RBIs. And Cotta two for three with an RBI, and Garcia had another RBI in this game as well. Moving on to Sunday's game, and the White Sox beat the Giants 13 to four. The winning pitcher was Giolito as he goes six innings, giving up three hits, one and run, two walks, and seven strikeouts. And the losing pitcher it was a bullpen game for the Giants. It was some pitcher named Jiggly, whatever. He goes two innings, giving up eight hits, four earned runs. Vaughn goes two for six with three RBIs. Robert goes two for six with two RBIs. Abreu goes two for five with an RBI. Gavin Sheets one for four with three RBIs. Paisley goes one for one with an RBI. And Savala goes three for five with three RBIs. So, the White Sox end up sweeping the Giants. What do you thought about that? That's yes, Uh, Very happy that they won and they were able to sweep because it kind of makes up for not winning the series against the Angels. They need to win. Yep. Unfortunately, the Giants have good start, solid start in pitching, but they don't have a good lineup. Um, I think that's something that's been plaguing them since the early, the early 2010s. Um, yeah. So it was it was good for the White Sox. Again, they need to. They, there needs to be a bigger sense of urgency. Um, this is not. This is not the same division as it was last year. You know, the division is not good, but it's not the same. Uh, Cleveland is going to be a pesky team, and Minnesota is better this season. Last year they underperformed, but this season they're they're better. They have some holes, but if if the White Sox don't start winning series soon, this might be this might get out of hand and. There's going to be a lot of questions regarding what should they do in the trading deadline if they don't if they don't start making up some games. The only bright side for me that I see from the Giants game was Sunday's game for Giolito, as he only gave yes. up three hits and only one earned run. So that's yes, a great that's positive that thing. I see. So, so that's a good thing for that side because man, you know, like as long as the starting rotation for the White Sox stays consistent 
anything could happen. They just got to retool or, or make trades or whatever they got to do. Like you were telling me, Hilo Jimenez is coming back. Uh, Liam Hendricks is coming back He's back, soon He's back already. He's back. Hendricks is back already. I think he came back yesterday, and I think the PR staff for the White Sox made an uh, announcement that Eloy is coming back this week. Okay, so yeah, so all the pieces are coming. White Sox fans, that's like, uh, that's pretty much like if you guys traded for those pieces and you're coming back, everything's looking back into shape or form, but it's all about performing and everything. So, so far the White Sox on the road, they pretty much did their thing. They went and won. They went four for two, which is a good sign for them. And good to go but yesterday 4th of July <laughs> they started a three game series against the Twins huge series huge. a huge series because they're four and a half games behind the series against the, against the first place team so yesterday the Twins beat the White Sox 63 in the 10th as Bundy was a starting pitcher for the Twins and he goes five innings getting up three hits one one yeah three hits one and run and six strikeouts and Cueto was the starting pitcher for the White Sox as he goes six innings giving up five hits two runs two and runs and five walks Abreu goes two for four with an RBI Moncada one for four with an RBI and Pollock one for four with an RBI but they lose in the 10th 63 to another five and a half games behind so they got two more games against the Twins as they're currently right now. I believe they're losing three to nothing still. I believe so. I don't know. That's the last time I checked. They were, they were down three to nothing with the Twins. Yeah, Kolpak is on the mound for the White right Sox. Up. And Winder, I think, on rookie, is on the mound for the Twins. The, the twins. So Sox have the pitching, pitching matchup advantage. Yep, uh, they were down. I think it was already in the mid fourth or the top of fifth. They were down three nothing. So, so the White Sox they got one more game against the Twins tomorrow, but then they get a break as the Tigers come into town for a four game series starting Thursday. So if they're able to sweep the Tigers in those four games, then they should be fine because they're going to be pretty much facing the the Twins and Guardians next week as well to end the to end the first half of the season half, half of the season as the All-Star break will be the following not next week but the following week in the 18th in our 19th Richard you guys gotta say go cast your vote for the White Sox I believe they're looking for Tim Manners to be the starting shortstop and Wilson Contreras to be the starting catcher for the All-Star game so White Sox and Cubs fans go vote so the White Sox need to win the next series because they're facing nothing but the ES Central you think they'll be able to handle that? I mean, they should. They have all the talent. Um, yesterday's game, I think the most memorable thing was that triple play that the Twins, the Twins did on the White Sox, where Angle and Mankata were involved. 
Byron Buxton played the ball perfectly and kind of fooled the White Sox yes. players. And it has to be That's frustrating for White Sox fans because yes. this happens all. I think they've lost five games this year on running on base running mistakes alone. Yes. And that's not on Tony Larusa. That's on the player. No, the last one was in Toronto. That's the one that was like, "What the hell are you doing?" The Seve Savala, Seve or the most Seve Savala McGuire. Yeah. No, the Danny Mendick or the Danny Mendick yeah, one. Mendick. Yeah, Danny Mendick. Yeah, Danny Mendick. They're doing trying to double steal, first to second and third to home. I'm like, wait, what? On a on a tag. Like, yeah. Them, like, the third baseman score on the damn field. That's it, man. And yeah. now that now that triple triple play from yesterday too, I was like, oh my god, man. Like, how you guys? How do you expect us to take you guys seriously in the in the playoff game if you're making errors in the regular season like that? Yeah. And, 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 and then Tony Larusa. Tony Larusa sounds like he needs. He sounds like he needs to retire. See, he made. He went out there and got ejected, arguing balls and strikes. I think the the strike zone was bad for both teams, to be honest. Um, Why well, injuring the umpire? No? <laughs> I don't. I don't remember who the umpire was, but. He was arguing balls and strikes. Um, even in his press game conference, he just couldn't talk. Um, I don't know. I mean, he's already close to eighty, ain't he? Yeah, I mean, again, Jerry Jerry made wanted him. I personally think they should have went with another manager, yeah. but I but I don't think this is his fault. The players have to be better, like. I, I don't understand. They've, they're giving up so many games like that. Um, and this is the big series. Honestly, they remind me of the 2017 Cubs. Remember how they slept walk through, yes. through the first half of the season? Then Quintana was a savior, had a great first game against the Orioles, and were like, okay. And they barely won the division. That might, yeah. be, that might be the story for... That might be the story for the White Sox, but... The Cubs didn't win anything that year, and I don't think it's going to be the same for these White Sox. They're not winning anything this year. Uh, offensively, they're not doing the pitching right now. It looks like the pattern is they give up, they give up three runs. So if you're a White Sox hitter, you know, okay, I need to get more than three runs because that's the average of what my pitching staff's been giving up. Yeah, um, that's your starting staff, but you're forgetting about the bullpen too. Yeah, Joe Kelly was not good yesterday. Uh, he's giving up runs too, man. So walking a lot of people. Yeah, so it's a lot of interesting with the with the White Sox. Again, I was confident that they were going to be a really good team this year, and it's like, oh man. Yeah, injuries, unfortunately. Injuries, and then the hitters not hitting. And then on top of that, base running mistakes have really killed this team. But, like you said, Eloy's coming back. Hendricks is already on. Uh, Jasmine Grandal should be back soon. 
The problem is this team defensively is a problem. Almost all of their players are DHs. Yasmani Grandal is a DH, Eloy's a DH, um Abreu's unchar- having uncharacteristic errors. Um Luis Robert, I was very disappointed. Luis Robert at some some place he wasn't even running full speed. Yeah, because they tell him not to run because he gets injured and his hamstring gets injured. Well, I mean, dude's like 24, 25. Like, are you serious? Like, you, you can't... Like, you, you cannot... That's where you're not supposed to get hurt. Like, you're not even 30 yet. Eloy, again, Eloy's also a DH, so it really hamstrings your team when you have, like, about five DHs on your squad. Yeah, you're right about that. There's a lot of age, man. And I don't get them, like, because, you know, you know, Berger, Berger was hitting pretty good. Andrew Vaughn is hitting pretty good. Then Eli comes back, and where are you going to play Andrew Vaughn? Where are you going to play um, Jake Berger? Well, I mean, Berger is not good defensively either. And Andrew Vaughn is also not good defensively. Gavin Sheets is not good defensively. Like, because Sheets and Vaughn are both first basemen. And Jake Berger, <laughs> yeah, and they are like they're stacked in one position, like, and that's the problem. They did not address an outfielder, and they did not address second base. Help! They really needed Kyle Schwarber. They needed a left-handed bat who can play the outfield. Okay, AJ question, Pollock question. has been decent, but oh yeah, because yeah, yeah, for real, they're gonna put Pollock on. So damn, hold on, yeah. And then Adam Engel. Adam Engel's going to play, but he's also they very frail. Them. Oh, yeah. Adam Engel's coming back, too. Oh, shit. Yeah, he's back. He was part of that triple wave. Oh, holy crap. So everybody's so back like now. Pollock, Luis Robert, Elo Jimenez, Lurie Garcia, Adam Engel, Gavin Sheets, Andrew Vaughn, Jake Berger. That's eight players. And your main guy that's catching is McGuire and Grandal. And your DH is between Grandal and those players, right? Yep. Yeah. And who takes left field? Well, he's always going to play left, but Eloy, according to Tony, he's not going to play three Turner? consecutive days. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the roster construction is very poor on this team. Hold on, hold on. Let me write these damn fucking names down. Now that I'm like, <laughs> hey, what the fuck? I'm like, holy shit, you just fucking... I'm like, I know they got McGuire as a catcher because Grandel can't catch. And then you gotta bring you at first with what sheets probably when he takes monster rest. Then you got Vaughn as well. Second base, you got Harrison. Yeah, it's probably and him Garcia. and Garcia and platooning. And then third base, Moncada. Who else? Yeah, Tim Anderson's at short. Well, uh, Moncada and then Berger at third because I know he's been playing third and then Anderson. Yeah, I think, yeah, either Sheets or Burger probably are going to be sent down. 
Yep, Eloy. And that's probably going to be Sheets. Robert. It's Sandler. Alec. And Wright. So we got Sheets. Von Sheets. Yeah, I think it's going to be Jimenez at left, Robert at center, and they're going to platoon Pollock and Engel on, at right. Um... Uh, one thing to consider is that Tony did say that I don't think they're going to have uh, Eloy playing three consecutive days in the field. So, so probably Pollock will be at left, then Angle will be at right, and he's in a DH. So that means Andrew Vaughn or Grandal will miss those at bats. Okay, I'm writing down the roster right now. It's crazy. We got Ray. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, I think out of that list, they probably have five legit DHs. Okay, so how many? Who else am I pissing for the pitch, pitch on the bullpen's arms? I got Hendricks, Grayman, Kelly, Bummer, Reese, Lopez. Yeah, is Bummer pitch? still hurt? Oh, Bummer still hurt. I don't know. Is he still hurt? Uh, uh, Foster, Matt Foster. Matt Foster. Oh, Bummer was hurt. I think he's hurt. I haven't seen him. I think he might be hurt. Oh, whatever. That'll be 13. And then you have your five starters. You got Jalito, Lynn, Copexis, Cueto, Hendricks, Graveman, Kelly, Bummer, Reese, Lopez, Velasquez, and Foster. And now here's your people that I, I got so far for the offense. McGuire, Grandel, that's two. Abreu, Sheets, Vaughn, five. Harrison, Garcia, seven. Moncada, Berger, nine. Anderson, Eloy, 11. Robert, Pollock, Engel. Who else am I missing? I think that's it. So yeah, so he's going to be one of these dudes in the offense going down. Or one of the pitches that's going down. Well, I think the guy that they should send down is get. It's going to be one of the offensive players, and it's probably going to become between Berger and Sheets. Okay. Um, I probably would send down Sheets. No Sheets. Well, that's the thing, uh, Jake Berger, and you only got two guys that are backup infielders. Yeah, unless Dan, they, unless they, they think Leary Garcia can play everywhere. Unless they think Garcia can play second, short, and third. Uh, Berger can play third and second. There's more positional value yeah. for Jake Berger. I mean, they have a lot of outfielders. They have Eloy, Robert, uh, Pollock, and Engel. So that's your four outfielders right there. Um, and Gavin Sheets. The only thing that 
might not send them that Gavin Sheets is a left-handed bat and this team doesn't have a lot of lefties That's probably, that's probably so, the only thing that's probably I think about it, but... Yeah, so they have to think about either who they're going to send down, or are they going to send down Gavin Sheets, or are they going to sound burger? And also, if you're going to need pitching or bullpen help, that's going to be your, your answer. Who do you want to trade out of that, out of that, out of that starting lineup? Well, I think they're trade chips. If they're going to trade... They'll probably have Jake Berger or Gavin Sheets, if one of them two as part of a package and then with other minor league players. But who's going to want to trade for Gavin Sheets? Gavin Sheets hasn't shown that he can hit. Jake Berger right now is more of a, a prospect that I would take a look at. But yeah. he's not a good defender. So no it's feet. tough. It's tough. And Gavin Sheets, I mean, his natural position is first base. I haven't seen him play a lot of first base. I think he's had played a couple games, but in terms of the outfield, which would help his trade value in terms of versatility, he's not good in the outfield. Yeah, he's just he's just been outfield and DH. That's what I've seen him. And all those errors that he makes in the outfield, he has hurt the White Sox. Yeah, so it's hard. It's hard to see what they do because I think they need a bat. They need another bat. Yes. Preferably another outfielder who can play good defensively and it's a left-handed bat or a second baseman. The only second baseman I see out there that kind of makes sense is Whit, Whit Merrifield. And I don't know if Kansas, Kansas City is probably not going to trade with them. Hell no. Kansas City won't trade with the White Sox. Yeah, so other than that, I mean, they probably have to go for another outfielder. A left-handed outfield bat who can play the field. And if they acquire a player like that, that means I think AJ Pollock will lose. Will be the odd man out. Would you have the White Sox call the Cubs for and get interest in Ian Happ? Well, he would be a good player. Now, if I'm the Sox, if the Cubs, I'm hanging up the phone because right now. Every trade that they've done, yeah, every yeah, every trade that they've done, it, it hasn't helped the Cubs at all. Oh, it yeah, it didn't help the Cubs the Quintana trade, and I think that this trade for Kimbrel helped no team. No team. The Cubs didn't get better, and the White Sox didn't didn't get better. Kimbrel, Kimbrel forgot how to pitch once he once he crossed sides, he forgot how to pitch. Well, Nick Madrigal forgot how to hit, and Cody Hewer blew up his arm. No, so you if, gotta wait. You gotta give him time. They're still, they're still young. They're no, still if, if I am, if I'm, if I'm Jed, because Ian Happ fits with what they need—a left-handed bat with power that can play the field. But if I'm Jed Hoyer, if he's calling, I'm hanging up the phone. Nope, nope I'm not. I'm done making trades with you. I'm getting. <laughs> I keep getting burned with you. Nope. <laughs> uh, yeah, but he's he's a guy. He's a guy that they need. Ian Happ, out of all the Cubs that are trading, Ian Happ is the guy that the White Sox would need. You like Jimmy? What about Gary Cosey? Mm. 
Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, if they made if they threw if they made a trade that included Gary Crochet, even though he's on Tommy John, I would need to look at his medicals. But if it's just a Tommy John, and if they think that he can come back, yeah, I'll, I'll take the trade. I'll make the trade. Definitely. No, I don't want Gavin Sheets. Even though he fits with the Cubs, right? Because the Cubs don't have a first base prospect. And, and you know what? And even that, Ian Happ and Nick Madrigal to the White Sox for Gary Crusher, Gary Sheets, and a couple of minor leagues. Yeah, that's, that's solid. I don't think the White Sox would want Nick Madrigal back, but. They need a second baseman, so they'll fucking take it. Yeah, I mean, maybe they think, maybe they think like they can revive Nick Madrigal now that he's with back with the White Sox. Yep. But we well, will see. I think the Cubs will trade Ian Happ. Yes, because that's my thinking. Because of um, the Cubs, they're playing Morel in second base right now. So, and as long as that dude keeps taking his walks, running the bases, he's gonna be playing in a position. The Cubs are in a win-win right now. But yeah, you're right. If I'm the Cubs, yeah, I'll just hang up the phone and not make any trades. Right after the White Sox. <laughs> Only because they keep getting burned. Like, yep. say, say for example, if this Kimbrough trade was good, right? Yeah. If it benefited me, okay, what do you want? Uh, let's see. What can we do? But so far, the last two trades the Cubs have made with the White Sox, it hasn't, it hasn't panned out. We'll see what Bailey Horn or Bailey Horn is, the guy that they got for Ryan Tapera. But so yeah. far, he's a bullpen guy. So real realistically, none. So far, none of the trades that the White Sox have made with the Cubs have helped the Cubs. So that's why I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I don't think we're. I don't. Yeah, I don't think we're trading each other with each other. And I think Ian Happ will do good with the White Sox. No. Nope. If Ian Happ comes in, I think, yeah, that that lo- they lose e- either Engel or Pollock lose at bats. Yeah, because you also got to think about it. Ian Happ plays second base too, as well. Yeah, that's true. He can also play the infield. Yep, he can play the infield and outfield, so he can play anywhere. That's a win-win for the Whites, so they could find a way to strike that deal and get him over there with them. But, like you said, I don't know if the Cubs are going to hang up the phone and not take the, <laughs> and not take the, the bait. They'll be like, yeah, no. Yeah, I would hang up the phone. Huh? We'll see as the trade deadline will be August 2nd. So if you like to refresh, it's going to be on a weekend, I believe. So, the trade deadline will be August 2nd and we'll find out what moves all these MLB teams make. But first, first comes, first comes the All Star break, and hopefully, remember keep voting to make sure that either Tim Anderson and Wilson Contreras are the starters for the All Star game. 
and I believe uh, voting ends on July 8th, I think. So, we'll find out soon. But, that looks like it'll be uh, it for our show. Thank you guys for listening. Keep sharing the podcast with all your friends and everything. Uh, keep listening to to our podcast on Spotify, Google, Net, as well as you can follow the Shy Sports Combo podcast on Twitter on Shy Sports Combo One. You can leave us uh, a comment to tell us how what you guys want want us to discuss. I know there was one comment that I read about that they agreed with some stuff that we said about the Cubs rebuild as how they knew that it was not a that fashion you know that it was a rebuild not a thinking that they were gonna do something this year like yeah obviously but yeah just keep leaving us any comments on Twitter keep following us keep sharing also if you guys are into wrestling you guys can follow also Martin's wrestling podcast go ahead Martin yeah, uh, thanks everyone for listening to the or sorry, the Shy Sports Combo podcast. Uh, any comments are greatly appreciated. What if you're also into sports entertainment? Again, you can follow my podcast, the Shoe Style Wrestling Podcast, on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. Well, thank you guys for listening. Have a good night. Good night, everybody.